Hey guys, this is Eric and you're listening to Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. We sat down with Lucas Jablonski, co-owner of Lighthouse Woodworks. The son of a cabinet maker, Lucas was no stranger to woodworking, but it wasn't until high school that he began to see the opportunities that existed for him in the trades. Listen in as we get a full scoop on everything from his multilingual upbringing to dodging a contract that could have cost him his career. This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Hey guys, here with Lucas Jablonski, co-owner of Lighthouse Woodworks based here in East Boston, Massachusetts. Lucas, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out this evening and uh, take some time to sit down. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, let's go back uh, as far back as you want and give us a little bit of the early life as, as much as you want to share about who Lucas is and, and, uh, and then we'll eventually get on to, to Lighthouse and the business. Yeah, so I mean, through social media, a lot of people often ask me how I got into woodworking, and because there's a kind of uh, a typical people had this story where somebody somebody asked me once to build a something, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it, and I fell in love, and I started asking more people if I could build things, and so they a lot of people expect that from me, but I guess in order to get understand my story, I have to go back further. So when I was a kid. I, I was born in Detroit, right? Oh, nice. All right. I didn't know that. And um, my father's an immigrant from Poland. And he when, he, when I was a kid, he didn't speak English. He married my mother, who didn't speak Polish. So I had him. Oh, <laughs> Spoke to my dad in, in Polish, spoke to my mom in English, and it was just a weird, weird situation. So. And did they speak to each other, or that was the way that They was, tried. <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, weird. Sounds like a good marriage, actually. <laughs> actually, it ended up ended badly, and but they ended up getting back together later. But kind of need to know the person you're spending you're living with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, when I was a kid, he was a donut maker, and then somebody offered him a job to do cabinetry. Ooh. So he was working for Sears Home Home Improvements back in the day. That was a a big thing, and when. Like what we're talking about, my parents were having um, the language barrier was a problem. They separated. My dad moved to Denver because they offered him a job Got there. It. Got it. Working for the same company, but yeah. he he wanted to be more in the mountains, stuff like that. So that's when he really learned to to woodwork and um, start doing more stuff. And then that job kind of went bad after my parents fixed their their issues. He started his own business. Got it. So I was probably... And that was in Denver or... In Denver. Back, got it. Okay. So I was probably 10 when he started his own custom cabinetry company. Yep. And But meanwhile, before that, when I was eight, every summer, I, there wasn't a choice. I was working for dad. Like, I yeah. didn't have my friend's typical summers where you go out to the, the pool, you go to the park, you ride your bikes, you go play sports, whatever. I was like... Working for dad, and I was yep. earning my way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He and he probably needed you to do some of the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, because when you're doing cabinetry, especially if you have your own business, which that happened when I was ten, so I already did it for a couple of years, 
But at this point, he kind of needed a second hand, even though I was a kid. Yeah. Like, just to carry things when you're by yourself, installing cabinetry is yeah. not easy. Or go get me that tool in my yeah, truck. I'm here. I don't want to move. Yeah, that was me. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I did that every year, and then he, little by little, was asking me to do more. Like, after, after school, I would go work late hours in his shop, and his business just boomed. It did really well. Like, really high-end custom cabinetry and, like, Aspen, like ski resorts wow. and really high end homes in Denver. California, it's beautiful there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he was started, it started booming. He started hiring more and more people, and the company got bigger, and I was getting older. So when I finished high school, I mean, it wasn't like asked of me, but it was kind of like a non given. Like, Lucas, you're the heir to the throne here. Yep. Like, there's a kingdom, and I want to pass everything to you. And so, but I never liked that idea, yeah. right? I never wanted to, I never wanted to because I had so many, like, as a kid and being stupid and not seeing the things that, that my immigrant father was working for. Right. I was just a spoiled brat who just was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. You made me do this all summer and all my friends were skateboarding, you know, snowboarding and so I was like, I don't want, when I got uh, finishing high school, I was like, I'm, I'm done with this thing. But he, he, it was kind of like unspoken, like, well, you, you, you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did it. After high school, I started working full time for him. And then I ended up um, becoming lead of the install, the install crews. And then I was working in the shop, becoming manager there. And then I was just running projects. And I learned so much freaking woodwork yep. just from like the ins and outs. Also business side. Like, my father was the owner, so I learned the things that he does that are good mm-hmm. for a business and also the bad things. Yeah. Like, if I were to start a business, I would never do that. Yeah. If I were to start a business, I definitely would do that. And I had this blessing of just, like, all this pre-business ownership in the woodworking world, this knowledge that I could now pick apart to say what I want, right? Yeah, yeah. So I worked for him. I learned all this stuff, and I was I was good, you know, because he was paying me per job. Got it. So every kitchen I built, I got a percentage of that kitchen. Got and it. every kitchen I installed, I got a percentage of that kitchen. So I was saying, like, if I could do install two kitchens this week, I could make four grand in a week instead of two grand. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And most guys were doing, like, maybe one to two kitchens a month. Right. So and you're I, motivated to Yeah, yeah. So fast, I but also he it sounds like he's at a high level of caliber, so you also couldn't cut corners. Exactly. No, yeah, there was definitely no way. So I hired one of my buddies and I was like, dude, I'm w i am want to do this fast, but you have to do everything I say. Yeah. Like you have to do it the way I say because my dad's gonna come in and inspect it. And, and I'm not gonna get paid. And I'm not gonna get paid and he's also gonna make me redo it again for free. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we have to do it fast, but we have to do it well. If you want to make money, if you want me to pay you well, because I already had eighteen, I already had an yeah. employee. Yeah, yeah. M- right? MLM style, you're like kind of main. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm hiring my buddies, but to work for me, so that we could get more kitchens installed and more kitchens built, and to be like, you listen to me, and you'll make more money. Yep. And so we're all going, you know, installing and stuff, and I'm just there, like, you know, this way, this way, and I'm managing everything, and. And so we're we're put doing end up doing two kitchens a week. That's like that's four grand a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was eighteen making a ton 200, of money. Two hundred. If you did it every, that's two hundred something. Yeah, yeah. Grand a year minus what I was paying all of them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but still, still, like yeah, if I were by myself, eighteen. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
And, um, but it, it, it was like, I didn't like it. I didn't, it wasn't my thing, right? Like it was all this bad history, like taste in my mouth of being like as a kid and like not being able to be with my friends and just like, this yep. is, it was like, a, this is your duty as a child. And then I was just like, okay, I'm over that duty. I want to have my own duty. Yeah, you know? you're almost rebellious. You exactly. want to rebel. rebellious against yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I did what I had to do, but it's like I wasn't like I don't didn't have that passion then. Yeah. Right. And also back then, like nowadays, it's cool to be a woodworker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Back when then. I was a kid, my all my friends were like, "What are you doing? Like yeah. that's for like you know nobodies." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. If you can't find a job, then you go work in the trades. Yeah, yeah. And now, I've been doing it for. What I'm I'm 33, I started full time when I was 17. You do the math. So yes, 16 years. Yeah, full time, full time wood, woodworking. Yeah, in different. Yeah, and um, so there I. And but really, woodworking before you were 10. Yeah, just in a really. limited capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, also, my dad did a bunch of remodeling on the house. I had to work on this side story but um <laughs> another podcast yeah, another podcast. <laughs> but um i uh all my friends were like no going to college for this thing and going to become studying um computer engineering and different things and i'm there just like holding a hammer and like man i'm a loser you know i'm never gonna be nobody i'm just gonna be yeah. this woodworker but now people look at me completely envious right yeah like, yeah I worked my butt off. I have the business. I have Lighthouse now. I work for my dad. I paid my dues there. And like, and there are people out there working great jobs. And they're just like, man, what I would give to just have my own woodworking company. You yeah. know? And I'm yeah. like, well, turn the full circle, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, and, anyway. and so, so how did you make that? So, from, so you're, you're with your dad. Let's do a little bit of that transition of like, how the heck did you get out of that? Which was like your kingdom to be handed over to, yeah. to like, hey, I'm doing my own thing so, here. That's an interesting story too because I was, um, I, I left. I was a rebellious kid, not rebellious in the sense of like a lot of people think like did a lot of drugs and partying and stuff. Right. Yeah, I did my fair share, but I wasn't. My my rebelliousness wasn't geared that way. Yeah. My yep. rebelliousness was geared towards trying to show the middle finger to my dad. Right. Yeah. 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 Who was this post-communist Polish guy, really strict, and it was like, "You work or you leave the house," kind of. And I'm like twelve, like what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So. Like I'm leaving the house one day, but one day, but I can't now. Mm-hmm. My friend, my friend's mom will only let me sleep in his bedroom for a couple days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so my, I kind of like got every excuse I could to leave. So I went to New York for a year and I started working for a cabinet guy there. And then I went back home and I started working for my dad thinking, Hey, maybe I, like he, I'm, I'm matured. Maybe I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but no, he, I was still this kid. Yeah. And then I went to California for a couple of years. I was dating this girl and, um, was thinking I was going to live there, and then that bridge went bad, so I had to go back home. Another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, then I uh, just started working for him again. I was like, all right, I did. I, I traveled a bit. I lived on my own a little bit. It's like now it's, I'm, I was like 24 at this point. Jesus. And You just sounded like you were like 50 by this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've done a lot, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'm 20, I don't remember, 24, early, yeah. mid-20s. And I was like, all right, I need to start doing something, you know, like planning my life. Like, mm -hmm, so if mm -hmm. it, either I'm going to just start work, go accept to be the heir to this throne or I need to do something or go yeah. to college now or whatever and I was like yeah. I'm a little old for college but I was looking into it and but then I was just like you know what I'm gonna do this I'm just gonna work here you know I just started taking more responsibilities and just like entering and I developed a lot more passion than yeah. when I did it for me right yeah. you know, I accepted yeah. it and then um because I was starting to change things a little bit too to be my way because his style was different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has this very, um, I don't know how he's antique -y looking, like traditional yeah. looking style. Yeah. And my style was like, I, if I wanted, I wanted to do something that I could look at and be like, I love this. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm granted all the stuff he was building is, is gorgeous. Yeah, just different times. Just and diff yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but then I ended up meeting my wife, who is from New York. Got it. Um, we were kind of like at a like a conference thing Got it. just for fun and she was there i was there we started talking and we ended up talking long distance and we were she was visiting me i was visiting her and we were talking long time passed right and then we we're like okay what, what we're talking about getting married right yeah 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 and so she, then we were like she was like i'm not moving to denver she's like i'm from new york brooklyn that i'm not moving to a town yeah and i was like i can't live in new york like that's just too crazy i couldn't yeah, have yeah. a family there and yeah, start a yeah. business or whatever so then we decided, you know what? Like, what's something we can agree upon? So we decided, let's go to Boston. Sweet. Yeah. So we moved to Boston. That's interesting. Neither of you are from here, but decided on a middle ground of a place to to relocate to. Yeah. That's unusual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was like, she, there was no convincing her, and yeah, there was yeah, definitely yeah. no convincing me because, yeah, yeah. like, I did a year of woodworking in, in in New York. Yeah. That was hell, dude. Yeah. Like. The, everything was crooked. You've taken a miter saw and all this stuff up 20 flights of stairs because this building doesn't have elevator. God. You know? <laughs> I was yeah. I'm not doing that yeah, for the rest yeah, of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. So then when I, I we got married, I moved to Boston. I started working for uh, another company, local company here that builds furniture. Yep. And uh, I was newly married, and we... Uh, I started this guy's shop. He started a shop building furniture, but he didn't have any furniture experience, right? He Got just it. hired me to build it for him while he was selling it. Selling it and yeah. marketing it and branding it and everything. Yep. And so I was like, cool, this is awesome. I got my own shop. He doesn't know about it, anything about woodworking, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can, can do whatever can, yeah, I want. I can't weigh in on yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So then like, I grew this thing, right? And then there were, ended up being like three, three guys working under me at, after a year. And at this point, my wife and I started having kids, and I told him, like, look, man, I need to start making more money. I'm living in a shithole in Dorchester, yeah. and I got kids, and I just need to move out of there. I need to make more money, and I need a better living for my family. Because I know I could go get a cabinet job tomorrow with my resume and be making killers. Crush right? it, yeah. Yeah. And, but I told him I don't want to do that. I love this. I love make, making furniture. Like, I developed this passion for furniture right yep. just like this 
A lot of people have a very romantic idea of woodworking, especially like the stuff we do. Like I hire people all the time who are just like they think they're going to be there with the hand plane yeah. and like hand sanding and blow, and then all of a sudden they go slow mo and the dust flies in the air. You know, listening like, to some sweet music. <laughs> yeah, in the background. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not like that. Business is business. Woodworking is woodworking. But I developed a passion there, right? Because they're if the most romantic you can get is there, right? Yeah. yeah because yeah. you're in your shop. You're in your space, and like. Like our shop, you know, we hang yeah. wood on the walls. We got like yeah. lights going, and like it's just very like homey, cozy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I love that. And I'm like building things with my hands the way I want to build them, and nobody's telling me any different. Yeah. And they're selling. Yep. And um, and I was good at it, right? And so then we hired these few guys, and I told them like, look, I love this job. I love the company. I love the brand. I love everything that's going on here. I just need to make more money. And he's like, yeah, I can't afford it. Like, we got three guys in the shop plus me. And I said, what if we fire one of them and I work more hours? Yeah. I can do, I can outwork that guy. Yeah. I could do two hours more a day and do what that guy does in a week. Yeah. You know, just let me have it. Because I, 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 you need me and I need to feed my family. Yeah. yeah. And um, so he wasn't about that because he was a little insecure about like, if anything happened to me, he wanted. Backup plans. Yeah, backup plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I said, hey, how about like. You build tables. How about I start building chairs? And I will do it all on my own time in my buddy's garage. And I'll build ta- chairs for you. And just put them in your showroom. And when somebody buys a table, you just try to sell them. Yeah. And then I can make a couple grand extra a month yeah. just by you selling my chairs. Yeah. And I'll do it on the side. And he's like, oh, great. Weirdest thing happened. You know, he goes went, went out, out of state. Uh, out of the country to visit his wife's family. He comes back and he puts in front of me a 10-year non-compete. I can't woodwork in the United States anywhere for 10 years. What? And I was like, dude, this is the only thing I know how to do. And I'm pretty sure this is illegal. Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) I'm not going to sign this and say I can't woodwork anywhere in the United States. Like, tell me I can't build a table. Tell me I can't do whatever. But this is ridiculous. This is the only thing I know how to do. zip code. I can't have a shop. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But this is the only thing I can do. And he's like, no, either you sign it or you got to go. And I was like, I'm not signing that, man. Like, if I sign this, that means you got 10 years of never giving me a raise. And, like, and I was like, dude, that's like... Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, that that's the story. Then I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. You know? And was that's he, did you think he was calling your bluff? Do you think I he, think he was. Because yeah. he knew I needed uh, You need to feed your family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he knew I wasn't gonna just like up and go because um I had kids. Yeah, yeah. So I did though. Because I knew I knew I was I loved the Yeah, you passion, knew you could get into cabinetry like, for a little bit while you I figured it out. I also knew like I saw you do this. I saw my dad do that. And I created this shop. Yeah. And I know your marketing skills. Because <laughs> yeah. we were like partners, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you weren't partners. Except we weren't partners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he let me go. I came home and I called Daniel. And I was Ooh, like, Daniel, right. what do you think about starting a business? And how'd you know Daniel? Daniel, okay, so Dan- <laughs> <laughs> Daniel and I have been friends since my Detroit days. Yep, yep. His dad, he lived in Chicago. And his dad and my dad were really close friends. Got it. And then when I moved to Denver, then he moved back to Boston, where his dad's originally from. We were we we're long distance friends from oh, yeah. being kids, and we'd travel to hang out and stuff, and just go on trips together, places. So yep, long like was we were best friends, but then we were like pen pal friends. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So 
when we chose to move to Boston, it was kind of like, it wasn't because of him. It was just, he happened to be here. Yeah. So I called Daniel and I was like, dude, what do you think about starting a business? And he's like, what are you thinking to do? I was like, tables, man. That's what I can do. I love it. I freaking love building tables. I love building furniture, like whatever it is, chairs, tables, uh, dressers, beds. Like, I love it. I'll build everything. His background is in sales and marketing. And I was like, you can re- take care of that. I'll take care of all the production. And we'll crush it. And he's like, dude, the funny thing, like, I just lost my job, too. Ooh. He just got fired. Like, wow. I think three days before me or three days after me. Yeah. All right. And so I told him, like, Daniel had a couple kids. I had a couple kids. And we're like, dude, we got to go balls to the wall with this. Hard. Like, if we don't make this work, then I can't. Like, a lot of people start businesses as a side gig. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, like, try to grow it to a place that eventually they can come full time. And um, but that wasn't our my situation. Like, like we gotta put food on the f- yeah, freaking table. Not only that, but like if I go and start working for somebody else, I'm not going to want to come home and then work on more woodworking. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, unless I have to. Yep. And like the previous situation with the chairs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a I had to do it, but so I was he he was like all for it, like total entrepreneur spirit. And yeah. He started, you know, getting the LLC. Then we started designing the website. And we started telling everybody we could, and we were the shop that I was going to build the chairs in. We we were starting the shop there to build tables and furniture and everything. And um, there, we quickly realized the power in that garage was not going to handle. So then we found this building, the Got shop it. we have now. Got it. And that shop, that small space. How there, many years ago was that? This was four years ago. Got it. And um, we started a small shop there. People in the podcast won't know, but in Mark's office. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was our whole shop. That whole thing was our shop. And we were building 20-foot tables in that small room. Shit. Yeah, it was insane. And then we just were going. But Daniel was super smart with the way he marketed, the, the, the paths he did, the things he did with, like, Social media, like social media for the most part was me, or 100% was me. He just knew how to market our pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. you created the content, but he knew how to distribute it. Exactly. Yeah. So he was yeah. like ads, ads, and that kind of thing. That's his yeah. thing. He does yeah. the ads. Yeah. And then with Google and all that stuff. And so within a, like, I think it was like a month we started, we got our first sale, which is a huge table. How, by the way, before that first sale, how, were you guys sweating bullets? We're like, oh shit! I was like, shitting my pants, dude. <laughs> because, okay, I right now we're sitting in my shop, right, or in in our yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. A block to the left is where Daniel lived, and a block to the right is where I lived at the time. Yep. And so we found this place on Zillow or whatever, and we're like, "What are you talking about? There's a wood shop. There's a shop space here. We live here. There's no shop space around here." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we came and looked at it, and we're like, "Holy crap!" Didn't even know this building was here, and I lived here, you know. And um, but we started paying rent because we had to. Yeah. And but we were like, man, we we don't have money. Yeah. Like we didn't have. We started this business with like couple tools that I had that I brought from Denver, and like couple grand and that we collaborated from each of our pockets. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so we were paying rent, and we we're like, dude, we have to sell stuff because we already have the shop. Like. Yeah. And plus. We had kids at home and our, yeah. our our rents to pay at home, you know? So yeah. it was scary. It was definitely scary. But a lot of people ask me, 
off and like how did you do it like how do you become full-time and like I always tell them like I don't want to hear your sob stories like I don't need to hear like oh it's so hard like Dude, I, what I did was freaking hard, right? Yeah, I had dude. nothing. I wasn't. Yeah. You had kids, you had a yeah. wife, you had a house, you yeah. had rent. And a lot of people starting in their garage. I didn't have a garage. I had an apartment here. So I had to pay extra for a, a shop. And I right. said, like, right. every business comes to a point where you just have to jump and go full time. Yeah. And there's two type of entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever you want to call them, are the ones who are willing to jump and ones who aren't. Right, right, and right. And the ones who aren't willing to jump are, will always be a garage warrior. Yep, yep, right? yep, yep. So either you, you have the balls. You jump and you and figure you out jump. how to build it on the way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if you if you fall, if you jump and you fall and you break your leg, then you, you get up out. and you figure it out. Yeah. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. Yeah. And uh, Or you go find a job somewhere and that's where I was. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. I got to jump, you know. Yeah, yeah. The good thing is though with you is you, you had a skill. Yeah. So say you jumped and you fell. It would have sucked to go back to work as a cabinet. Oh yeah, yeah. But you had you had something you could have fallen back on. It wasn't yeah. like you were, you know, I don't know, can't pay rent. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I would have had to look for a job and everything. Yeah, it would have taken. But, it would have not um, been. But enjoyable. I, knew, I was confident I could find a job. Yep. Yep. Exactly. When I first moved here, I went and in kitchen installer, kitchen builder interviews and. They were like looking at my resume. Yeah, thirty five, forty bucks an hour, easy. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, yep, yep. And there, I was making like fifteen bucks an hour when I first started. <laughs> yeah. But I took it, and I was willing to take that fifteen bucks because I was doing what I wanted to do. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, at the time, my wife was working, and I was like, I, "What is life if you don't love what you're doing? Yeah. You spend eight, ten hours of your day in this box. Yep. You got to enjoy it somewhat. Yep. So yep. I don't care how much money is in my bank account. If I am not spending it and spending my time here, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I gotta love it, and like, and then it gave me more. That's written. cool because it sounds like your wife was on board with that. She was. She yeah. was totally. Which is not always the case. No, I know. <laughs> she she was like she was so full. I mean, she tr- she knows my skills and everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She trusted I could do something with that, even with that other company I was working for. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so which was really cool, but so I then. Daniel. His right play, by the way, rewinding back to that, his right play would have been 10-year non-compete, which is BS, but whatever, which is you're now my 50% partner in this business. Oh. You would have been like, dude, no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I'll sign anything because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I own half of this company. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but that was another thing. He did promise me percentage ownership Yeah. because I started this thing. And if he was afraid of like me leaving eventually or whatever, that was this way to keep me in. Yeah. But now the problem is – like between me and you and everybody listening to this podcast <laughs> is that I'm putting him out of business. Yeah. Dude, people come to my shop yep. and they're like, hey, um, I was like, say, well, I went to this other company too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know that company. <laughs> All those guys, they're working there. I trained them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah. And so like, yeah, okay, I'll get a table from you then. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's, uh, it, I mean... I, it's not, I don't want bad blood or whatever. Right, right, right. But it's uh, it's just funny. Hey, you, like, you, you, competition breeds excellence. And yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're raising the bar in a lot of areas, yeah. and they probably aren't keeping up with it because they don't have you to keep raising the bar over Exactly. There. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's like, yeah, I saw a couple of days ago on that their social media platforms, they were offering these crazy sales. Which Tells means, you there's a problem. Yeah. So, and we have work right now. Three to five tables a week. We're building every week until February right now. Jesus. And it is, what, October 5th, you know? Yeah. So it, people... It'll have 
a global pandemic, yeah. a financial crisis, and your tables aren't cheap. No, they're not cheap. <laughs> and we just keep raising the prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if you're willing to wait for February, like, let's just You'd keep pay raising. to get yeah. it sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not even that. Like, if our lead time's that far, how could we shorten lead time, just raise the price? You right, know? right, right. So, yeah. But that's all a whole nother business problem, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're going on different tangents here. So, so yeah, so, so, all right, so you, you end up, you and Daniel partner up, you guys are, you get your first sale, you're like, holy shit, this thing might work, you got a bunch of responsibilities, liabilities, all right, then how do you take it from, or your first sale, which is like, wow, we got a product people like to like, to the next phase of the business, which is, hey, now we're making a table so, a month and a table every two weeks. And like the net, you know, like you can, this might work. Yeah. You know. So we, we sold our first table and it was like an outrageous price. We just threw out this number because we need, like, we, we just threw out this crazy number because we're like, we got to sell this table. Crazy first. high or crazy, crazy low? High. Oh, got it. It was our first table. We sold yeah. it really expensive. And that kind of like helped us to have confidence to have a high-end table company right yep yep and so you can always lower prices it's yeah yeah really hard to raise them exactly. once you start low yeah yeah yeah. and it's because you know if you start selling tables for ikea you never could raise that price right you know? yeah like we're not building table for the masses we're table building tables who have need a custom piece you know yeah yeah and so we sold this first table outrageous price and Really nice table, but I mean, it was a table with like eight chairs and a coffee table that was like coffee table and it would extend to the height of the dining table. Jesus. That would be used as an extension so yeah. they could bring their coffee table to the table to have a bigger table. Oh, all right. It was really cool, but we sold it for a lot. And that saved our butt in the beginning because we had all this cash to now invest. Yep. Right? Yep. We weren't taking money still. Yep. And we put it all back into the the, the, the business. Yep. So we started using it to market things. So we tried like a magazine, we tried like some ads and internet and things, and then all of a sudden people started calling. Yep. And from that day, there hasn't been a day that I didn't need to come work. You had the un you had the fortunate ability to sell it for a crazy price to fund the whole thing. Yeah. And then and then and then really this next step was all right, table two really for you was the big thing then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we started marketing hoping one of these is going to bite. So we, we marketed in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And so we were scrutinizing and analyzing, like, all right, w what's bringing what feedback? Yep. So then we just like, all right, that didn't bring any feedback. Don't pay there anymore and put it over here where we got one sale. Yep. You know, and yep. then, okay, now that that money's over here, so now we have two sales from that place. It was just like a game, and right? You got it. And so... Um, and then shortly after, we were doing all kind. We did everything. This is what I'm saying. When you jump, you gotta fucking jump. Yeah. You know, because we were doing all this stuff with kids at home, and every weekend Daniel and I were at flea markets and uh, farmers markets and stuff, trying to sell um, little cutting boards and like uh, coasters. Yeah. But we weren't really selling those because you couldn't bring tables there. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. set up this whole like coasters <laughs> yeah. thing. But we had all these like binders and iPads and stuff full of tables. So Got we started it. selling some tables through that. Got you know? it. That's and cool. Then, I love that hustle. Yeah, we're, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got a freaking hacking, hustle. Hacking, yeah. hacking the, the, the flea market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so one guy then, like the next big statement for us, a few months later after that first sale, 
this guy walks up into a market in, in Cambridge and he's like, oh, this is cool. I was like, yeah, but we really build tables. And he's like, oh, let me see the tables. And I show him, he's like, oh, I'm working on this restaurant downtown. They need like 60 tables. And we're like, shit. We have we have to have this, you know. We so, can do that. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. And so we ended up doing this, getting this project. It was like sixty grand, and um, saved us, man. Like that was like the next thing to take us to the next level, right? Yeah. Yep. And it was for like a really high end place by a famous chef, like. Yeah. And um, so that was the next step, right? And then we could use a lot more money for more marketing, more things, and. You know, a lot of people try to run a business by just word of mouth, but to me, like, that's, it's very difficult to have a, a real business, not just like a mom and pop thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. a real thing with employees and stuff yeah. by word of mouth, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I may be wrong. Maybe people do do it. Yeah, yeah. It's a rare breed. It's rare, yeah. Marketing and, and right now is when Right now is where we're benefiting from the word of mouth. Yeah, Four, yeah. four years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, hit some scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet. All right, so a couple things I want to hit on. Um, so first, give us a quick update where Lighthouse is today. So you guys, you know, downstairs, roughly how many employees so, you're doing? A, we already said you're doing three to four tables a week every single mm-hmm. week, which is max capacity. Um, give us a little in of all right, Lighthouse today. So we have now about a total of six to seven thousand square feet mm-hmm. total here. Um, there's about five. One, two, three, five, six guys, six people working for us. And um, we are just, like I said, super busy. You know, like we yeah. can't keep on top of it. And we don't want to slow it down. We don't want to turn off our marketing things because so, we can't catch up. Right. Our problem right now is to figure out, let them keep coming, but we have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. So that's our biggest dilemma. And. I read, a, read. So your demand is outweighing your supply capabilities exactly, currently. Exactly. Exactly. The good news is in your market, customers are okay waiting, so that helps with your supply capability. But they're not going to wait two years. They're waiting until February right now. But at some point, they're going to say, "Okay, I'm not waiting two yeah, years." Yeah. So yeah. You got to. You guys got to get the output up. Exactly. Some in some way. So that and that is the. I think, in my opinion, and books that I've read and stuff have said like that is the hardest part of business starting a business you can get some work and you can work it from home or you can do a little shop whatever and just like if i if it was just me i could do maybe a table or two a month and i would be doing well by myself yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. but we have a full company a, a and we, yeah exactly and i don't want to do this for my whole life right? right right and so i was reading this book i read some books about this part of business it's easy to start at the beginning or can be easy, but it's not like that detrimental. Where a lot of businesses fail is kind of at the place that I am now, yeah. right? Where you have several employees, you have a, you're over produce, you can't produce enough for what is being asked of you. And how do you do that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So a lot of people fall under that pressure and just say like, you know what? Let's stop. Let's just do what we can do. And we can't do more we'll because miss out on sales and yeah, that's yeah. fine and that yeah, is yeah. Nice. but as I don't know how I could do more. And so I can't do more. And and that's the problem we have right now. Like I can't do more because I could hire more people and but in order to pay those people, they needed to at least do another table a week. Yeah. Which then the business is bigger, but our pockets are the same. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then you try to invest in more machines, a bigger shop, and then that's all gets more expensive. So in order to grow, you're actually losing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yep. Yep. No, totally. So you got to buy another CNC machine yeah. for a couple hundred grand, but then you actually went in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Though. So Plus it's almost like you. The trick is you got to take a one step back to take four steps forward. Mm -hmm. And the question is, do you want to take that one step back? Exactly. To, you know. Yeah. And so that's exactly where we are. Like, what is that step back? Because you don't, you can make a mistake. Yeah, you and can make a bad step back. Yeah. And then you're four steps back. Yeah, you bought that CNC machine and you realize, no, I should have hired two people right. or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because now I don't have somebody to run that machine. And it's just you have to be wise and smart about the next step. And so that's why this part where we are now to just really boom, right? Because we have the capability to do it. But yeah. We have the demand to do it. And we just need to figure out how we can do it because yep. that's, and I feel like this is where a lot of companies just end up going to China. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Sure. And that's, that's it. Like, all right, yeah. this, I have way too much work. I can't do it. Let me freaking find some guy in China who gave me 500 bucks and then now I'm the next Bob. So I'm the next yep. box store, yep. you know? Quality goes down. Quality goes down. Prices it. go down. Yeah. But it's just, at the end of the day, then it's all about money. But this isn't all about money for me. Right. It's it is passion. about money and it's important, but for me, it's the passion. Like, yep. Yep. I love what I, and this could be a flaw. And a lot of business owners out there might say I'm stupid and wrong and I should just take what I get. Yep. But I am passionate about what we do. I stand behind my name and my quality, mm -hmm. and I don't want it to just become another box store. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like an artist. Who, who paints these beautiful paintings, and then all of a sudden, so many people are asking for paintings, he starts hiring people to paint his paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah, how yeah, I feel yeah, about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Got it. So what's, so it sounds like, all right, so it sounds like the crossroads you're at is, all right, how do we scale up, but also you don't lose con creative control, creative control, whatever that yeah, means, yeah, yeah. over the, so it sounds like you're figuring this out right now. What do you, th what do you think, because we're going to have, have to have another podcast, you know, a year from now, six months from now, what do you think the right next step is going to be? Is it another C Is it more investment in technology and equipment to scale up the team? Is it more people? Is it bigger space? What do you th What are you leaning towards yeah, right now, so early I, in the in the cycle? I our space right now is fine, um, but I think it's going to be a com combination of two things, which is the difficult part. There's a certain like machine that I think would really save us time, but also. A person to man that machine so we're like at this point where we need to buy a machine in my opinion the way i look at it to the machines we get like hundred thousand dollar machine yep the way i look at that is that is an employee for the year yeah right yep. i'm paying this employee for a year and then after that he's a free employee yeah and so if i want to buy this next machine um i need to hire somebody too so i need to hire two people which then means I need to make sure that these two people are not doing five tables a week, but we're doing seven or six, whatever. Yep. And that has to be done or else then it starts really taking a hit on us, you know, yep. Yep. because we're paying out way more than what's coming in at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's tough, but that's that's what I think will, will happen. And how do you make sure that employee's happy enough so they stick around after that year because you don't want to have to retrain someone yeah the equipment becomes free but then all of a sudden you're starting from ground zero or you got to find someone that knows how to run that equipment yeah exactly so interesting 
it's a you're it's like you're in in between a hard rock and a hard place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot of lot yeah. So there's the option of trying to figure out how to outsource more, which is something we've looked at without um, ha- having a damper on quality. Yeah. Like, what would it cost now to get wood coming into us, planed S4S, which means like square. Yeah. Also, like, because we spend time doing that. Yeah. What is that cost ratio? Um, or pre built legs and you're known for your tabletops yeah something like that exactly but you care about you know yeah yeah. it's all it's all like that right so or there's ways like we can make more money if we hire people so if we hire a guy and he's like half in the shop but then he's also half a welder right because we outsource all our metal Uh, yeah yeah yeah. so then it's like we don't pay that outsourced metal guy to do our metal work we now have a employee who's doing metal and running that machine yeah you know and then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of options it's just which options so it's funny you guys have gotten to this like next level stage that most people don't ever get to but like your next one or two steps could be like oh yeah or you know to the moon or to the bottom yeah yeah (laughs) or not to the bottom but a reset of like we gotta offload some stuff and you know and we've i mean we've We've been through those things before, right? Like, not like a huge um, change in the company like this, but we've had, we've we've learned a lot and we've made a lot of mistakes. Like, we, we've hired people, like, we've had way too many employees at one time before that we don't even know how we were affording them, but we were somehow. Yeah. And, um, but then this, like, they were like, there was too much and was not enough work and then guys are getting paid to just twiddle their thumbs and, like... And so then she yeah, just like, and it wasn't the right guy. Like we had a guy, we were we were paying a lot of money, a pro carpenter, right? He knew how to build cabinets. He knew how to build tables. Yep. And he was damn good. He was really good, but he was cocky. Ooh. Yeah. It fucked up the whole shop. Yeah. Like he he was like, I oh, yeah I know how to do it. You're not gonna let me go because I'm so good. But then that really his pace was super slow. Got it. So he ended up leaving because of COVID. Got it. Took advantage of the... Um, yeah, you get paid to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we hired this new guy who's from Germany, Jonas. Oh, he's the best. He's awesome. He's the best. He... he don't listen to this, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a lot less than that guy. and um, But his speed dude is like twice... Yeah. And he didn't know how he's to... He's a good human. He's a good, great human. Yeah. Amazing human. But he didn't know how to build furniture coming in. But he's like, cares so much being a good human. He cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is learning so fast. Yeah. And he's just... I show him once and it's never a time I have to tell him that again. Yeah. And yeah. so he's learning quick and his speed is fast and we're paying him less. This was a genius business move right oh dude i mean it was not our move it was a natural business move but it it's we're super grateful those are the people that honestly are the best you you tell you show them something once they may fuck it up mess it up you never have to show it again yeah like that's like a home run yeah yeah, yeah. they're learning they're they're getting better they're getting and they're caring and they're caring yeah yeah Yeah, because if you have to tell them twice is fine but after three times, it's like, all right, you just don't listen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not. You're not. I'm telling. I'm. 
you know, in this business for 26 years, you are. Yeah. I'm giving you my advice. You don't give a shit what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Or you're just here just because. You don't, your heart's not in it. Like, and I feel like whatever trade, whatever profession you're in, your heart has to be in it. Yeah, yeah. You can't just go there as a robot. Yeah. And uh, uh, my dad used to call them um, clock watchers. Yeah. You know? Oh, they're waiting until five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, I got 10 minutes left. I'm not going to start anything new now because yeah. I got 10 minutes left. And it's like just wasting time. Yeah, yeah, It's like, no, you do everything you can, you know? It's yeah, like, or yeah. if you're not, you're about finished, you're like, oh, it's five o'clock. Okay, I'm just going to finish this. I'll clock out at 520. Yeah. F it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are the people who you care yeah. because they, they yeah. are somebody who will be a future to the company. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So. Awesome, awesome. No, we're going to do a lot more podcasts with you in the future. But so... We like to lighten it up at the end. So, for Lucas himself, if you could spend a half an hour with uh, with anyone in the world, past, present, deceased, living, rock star, Joe down the street, doesn't matter, who would it be and why? This is a very tough question. But I'm a realistic guy. Yep. And I want to think of somebody who realistically I could talk to because mm-hmm. there's a lot of That's fair. idols out there, uh, deceased people, famous deceased people with huge brains. Yep. Um, but right now, today, who I am actively trying to have this 30-minute conversation with. Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You did not have to say my name. <laughs> but it's, it was this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's so, yeah, because there's yeah. It's so like I said, I'm a realist, realist, I, I like right? That approach. I like that so, approach. there's a guy. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. Ooh, do you know him? Never heard of him. No, just <laughs> fucking kidding. Okay, okay. Oh my god. He he is. I would love to pick his brain about my next step in the business that we just discussed. Yep. What he thinks I should do. Ooh. Okay. To make this thing fucking explode. Whoa, I like that. <laughs> That's who I'd like to talk to. All right, all right. We'll see if we can tag him in this and make that happen. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, sweet. I love that. No, um, by the way, I'm a huge fan. I was joking. I fucking listened to all of his stuff yeah, early yeah. on. To be honest, not so much anymore, but like three, four years ago, I listened to every yeah, yeah. video. And took almost all of his marketing strategies and tips and, and just implemented them. And he's they, genius, and they worked. Man. He's a genius. And they worked. Yeah, they worked. Like, they worked. Yeah. And so, you're like, you're on, well, we haven't even talked on it this episode. We'll get to it next, but like, your TikTok, like, dude, they work. Yeah. So, okay. And then, last and final question. So, you're working all the time. You got this business, you got family, you got a bunch of kids running around, you got now place. When you're able to unplug, which is rarely never. And not unplug and go home to, like, hang out with your wife and maybe watch a movie. But when you're able to, like, do something that, like, you're like, I love this outside of what you love, which is your daily job. What's your release and why? Um, I have a couple. Ooh, all right. So, music is one. Mm. I fucking love to just sit on the couch with a cold beer and just write a song, play a song with the guitar, the piano. Like I play like 12 instruments, dude. Ooh. So this is part of my whole, <laughs> my post-communist Polish dad, you know. <laughs> it was part of the, the training, like when I was a kid, you practice, you practice. You yeah, know? yeah. But I love playing music. I love listening to music. I love 
writing music, dude, that's one thing. Love it. Also, my wife is a concert violinist. She's amazing. Whoa. She's. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my horn, but I'm pretty good at music. She's next level. She's next level. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and outside of that, to really like get away, like leave the house, just have my own time, like nobody can bother me. Mountain biking. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I've been seeing that on the, on the Grand. Yeah, dude. I love to just go out. Luckily, five minutes from my house is Linwoods, which is an amazing national park. Oh, yeah. And they have all crazy gnarly trails there. Yep. And I just love, like, I go before work, I'll just go there for 30 minutes and ride. Your nature oh, and, like, yeah. the birds and just, like, the leaves are changing now. That, to me, is, like, the best way to start the day with a clear head, fresh air. Yeah. Just alone time. Think about what you're doing for the day. Think about what you're going to do today. Just get energy. and Love it. That just, that's my that's my release, right? Just to love it. Be alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm plugged for the family too. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> Usually, like when I do music stuff, it's like my kids go to bed at seven thirty every night. So, my wife and I have this thing where, from seven thirty to like eleven thirty, when we go to bed. We get to live without kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. that's when I usually do the music stuff or we watch a movie or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. But like just my own time, mountain biking, dude. Sweet. I love it. I love it. Lucas, co-owner of Lighthouse Woodworks here in East Boston. Uh, just want to thank you so much, one, for taking time out of your crazy day and your schedule to do this podcast. Sounds like you got at least five more podcasts <laughs> in the future between life liberty the pursuit of happiness um but dude really really appreciate it and no uh, it's been great man and we're gonna we're gonna tag you guys in all week and i'm sure a bunch of folks are gonna want to reach out to you directly and hear more about your story could they work for you probably <laughs> dude, uh, we always <laughs> take free work <laughs> by the way, all right so by the way the, the best way to get an internship or start is to, is to work for free which I, which i've done in the past and i recommend it for a period of time you can't do it forever but you want to get your foot in yeah. the door? I just put a TikTok up about that with an audio Ooh. behind it. All right. And I got roasted. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll play. We'll play. We'll, we'll give you some love. And um, no, this is good. We got more in store. But uh, thank you for uh, for the time. And we'll we'll.